With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 22 of the Big Show, some Enforcer Base Podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Well, another Sunday is upon us, so that means we're having a vault episode. So uh, every Wednesday is new content, and then on Sundays I like to play one of my old player interviews, uh, they're not that old, a year or two, uh, from my old website, and uh, today's, we're, we're going to take for a spin, is uh, Jason Goulet, I had a lot of fun talking to Jason, uh, you know, old Western Hockey Leaguer, Prince George, Saskatoon Blades, then he went on an eight year pro career, big D-man, you know, he bound, was in the Central League, East Coast. Uh, was over in the UK briefly, so uh, we had a lot of fun talking. And Jason now owns and operates out of Winnipeg, uh, No Name Hockey Company. And they're a custom hockey stick uh, company, and uh, suggest everybody. I know I got lots of uh, recreational and beer league players listening. You guys are always needing sticks, right? Well, here's your chance. Get on. Uh, get on the internet, lonamehockey.com, or hit up Jason uh, Goulet on Twitter. And uh, like I said, you can go to their site. It's actually really cool. I was just looking at it before I got going here. And uh, yeah, you can custom, customize your stick. You know, never mind buying off the rack from, uh, you know, from uh, Tyson over at uh, Athletes Athletes World or at, uh, you know, or at uh, Sports Check or something. No, this is, you're getting a stick that was, you know, like I said, uh, from uh, an ex-pro player. So, I mean, they obviously know a thing or two or about a thing or two. And, uh, yeah, custom design to however you want it. You know, you can uh, pick your flex, your curve, color, name stamped on the stick. It's pretty badass, actually. You know, and they got some, they got some pretty cool colors. And, uh, see, actually, they got a Canada wrap one that looks pretty cool. And actually, they got, for the, for American listeners out there, they have an American one, too. You know, the American flags, red, white, and blue. Actually looks pretty cool. Yeah, come on. It'd be, uh, very, when you're rolling in the beer league, uh, whenever the rinks open back up. You have the most unique stick on the ice, and uh, and like I said, designed and uh, okayed by ex-pro players. So if anybody would know anything about sticks, it'd be an ex-pro. That's who I would be listening to anyway. So definitely check that out. And uh, I know a number of people that have uh, have gotten sticks. Actually, Stephen Bentley, I know you're listening. Ask ask Bentley on uh, Twitter what he thinks of his no-name stick. Uh, the review's been pretty good. And actually, there's a guy that does, on YouTube, he does, like, stick, uh, 
uh, tests and stuff. I'm trying barely hero or something like that. I don't know. Type in YouTube and type in like hockey stick reviews. And this dude's done all of them. And I know the no name stick uh, got a really good review. So uh, yeah, check it out. But no, Jason was a great guest, and uh, you know I, I think you guys will really uh, really enjoy the interview. Um, and if you haven't gone back, like I said, this is episode 22, so please go back and check out the other, uh, obviously 21 episodes. Um, just finished up on Wednesday, uh, I put out an interview with Jeremy Cornish, and uh, that was it was really well received. And uh, Jeremy was a great guest, and uh, we had lots of fun talking. And like I said, it was lengthy, about two and a half hours. And I know, thank you again to Jeremy because I know uh, with the time difference, he's over in the UK. So I mean, it was really late by the time we wrapped up, and. Uh, and, but he he was great to talk to and told some good stories and uh, like I said he'd been all over he'd been in North America for seven years and then he went over to the UK for another geez another what would be another seven eight nine to play and uh, yeah and quite the story and it was a lot of fun and uh, like I said other than that these vault episodes have been a lot of fun I really really enjoy bringing the old uh, player interviews back up done Morasti McMorrow uh, Steve McIntyre Joey Tedarenko Clark Wilm. Dean Mayrad, like I said, on and on, and uh, I hope you, uh, if you're listening for the first time, I hope you go back and uh, check those out, but uh, other than that, guys, uh, wrapped up the Bob Probert Invitational Tournament, and uh, Big Derek Bugard was the winner uh, of the fourth annual, and I want to thank everybody who took the time to vote on Twitter, and uh, yeah, the impressions were unbelievable on the profile, it was you know, 70, 80,000 impressions that, uh, in 24 hours in nightly, um, or I guess it would be daily, um, on the account. So, uh, lots of votes and lots of, uh, um, comments and that, which was really cool. And like I said, everybody was really respectful. Everybody, you know, voiced their opinion and we had, uh, you know, some players, ex players chime in. And, uh, so it was, a, it, that, that's always a fun tournament. And I know the, the next one coming up here, I always like to do the, which one is kind of near and dear to my heart is the, uh, minor league mayhem tournament. Same idea, be a March Madness style bracket and it'll be the 64 of the toughest minor league cats to ever play. And, uh, who won last year? I think McIntyre won last year, but, uh, yeah, so we'll be doing that again. Um, I don't, I'm not sure when I'd like, uh, you know, I'll give it a little break about a month or two. Um, actually, I'll have to see how the hockey season goes. I don't like doing the tournaments when the season's going on, because um, it just sort of gets lost in the shuffle. And so, because normally, obviously, in the summer, I do the Probert in July, and then the minor league one in August, and blah blah blah. You know, and it's all free and clear. But now, of course, with every with all the goofiness going on and the schedules being thrown around, it or uh, topsy turvy, it. Uh, you know, the timeline's a little off, so I know they're starting up here in the playoffs, there's a round robin or whatever the hell the NHL is doing. And uh, so maybe I'll have to wait till that the round robins are done, and then, then maybe we'll do the minor league tournament. But I know I definitely want to do it because I really enjoy that tournament. But, uh, yeah, so if you're not on Twitter, sign up. I know it's social media. Believe me, I get it. It's social media. But actually, our little fight community on Twitter, we actually have a lot of laughs and a lot of fun. And uh, that's why I say on Twitter, just answer your notifications, tweet, and don't scroll, and you'll enjoy Twitter immensely. But um, other than that, uh, yeah, if you could check my YouTube channel, like I said, 2,000 fight plus fight videos from junior to pro. Subscribe, uh, hit the little notification bell. Uh, that time when it, or that way, whenever I upload a fight, you won't miss a single punch, and uh, lots of every league you want's on there. But uh, other than that, uh, like I said, with the 
on the Hockey Podcast Network. I know that we have about uh, 30-some shows. You know, all the NHL teams are represented, of course, and you got myself and Terry Ryan and, uh, you know, a number of different shows on the network. Um, I know the NHL, obviously the NHL shows are going to get going here right away with the, you know, season kicking back up. So, uh, you know, that should be uh, really busy on the network. And then, uh, of course, I gotta, you know, pump up, uh, you know, Alec over at Five for Fighting, uh, uh, Bobby Longgrass over at the Bucket Drop Podcast, Joe over at the Coliseum Chronicles, um, you know, they're all doing great work, History of Hockey, um, you know, some great podcasts out there, and like I always say, you know, uh, the hockey podcast doesn't begin and end with spit and chiglets. There's lots of other shows out there, and uh, like I said, we're all fighting for airtime. I know everyone, everyone and their dog has a podcast these days. So, uh, if you're listening to me right now, thank you very much for taking the time. I know there's only so much time in the day for people to listen to things, so the fact that you chose to listen to this, I greatly appreciate it. But uh, and hopefully, you stick with me. But other than that, on all the platforms, uh, you know, iTunes, Spotify, all the stuff the kids are listening to nowadays, if you could rate and review my show, it helps me out. And uh, also, are you into jerseys? Do you like hockey jerseys? Not game-worn, but like, you know, I know with the season starting, everybody's going to be in the mood to get a new jersey. Well, i got a deal for you. Yes, I'm doing an ad right now. Don't fast-forward. Hold on. This is a good deal, seriously. Um, it's coolhockey.com. Been around since 1999. NHLPA endorsed. And they got all the jerseys on there, and actually, and you can custom get them custom made, whatever number name you want on there. Like I said, you want to put uh, Hammer of the God 69 on the back of a Flyers third jersey. Knock yourself out. You can do that, or you can put a player name, <laughs> whatever, or leave it blank. Whatever you want to do. Um, and like I said, through the uh, network, if you when you're checking out, if you type in THPN, the Hockey Podcast Network. 30% off and free shipping. And I went and checked it out. Did the Flames third jersey with McGratton number 16, hand sewn. So like I said, you got hand knitted number, sewn number, whatever they call it. The custom numbers. It looks like the legit deal. You know, fight strap, the whole deal. It's the stuff. It's the actual jersey the dudes skate on the ice with. $180 free shipping out of Toronto. You can't beat that with a stick. So there you go. Don't say I ever did anything for you. I think that's a pretty good deal. Like I said, when I was at the mall there, about a month or two ago, $300 they wanted for these jerseys. $300, are you kidding me? There you go, half the price, I got it for you. And then with the $300, you don't even get to choose the player, it's whatever they got. So it's, of course, Crosby, Giroux, Eichel, you know, Price, those are like the four jerseys they had. So if you don't like those four guys, you're screwed. So with this, you can get whoever you want on it. Hell, put your own name on it. And $180, out the door, free shipping. There you go, check it out. Like I said, all the money helps out the network, and like Isha and uh, and the boys there. I mean, they're always uh, you know putting in time with the network. Like I said, thirty plus shows. They're staying. I could. I can barely keep this one afloat, let alone twenty nine others. So yeah, they're doing a bang up job. So whatever it helps them out, pay a few bills. Why not? And you get your jersey for half the price you would get at the mall, and you get the guy you want. What more do you want? I can't offer you much more than that. I think that's a heck of a deal. So there you go. But how about? I shut up, and we'll get on with uh, with my interview with Jason Goulet. How about that? Like I said, uh, thank you very much for tuning in, and I think you'll really enjoy this. And uh, here is my talk with Jason. All right, guys. Thank you. Of the Fourth Line Voice Podcast, Jason, how are you doing today? Good. How are you doing? Very good. Hey, thank, I appreciate you for uh, taking the time out today. Yeah, no problem. 
Early morning on a Friday? Well, not early morning. I'm saying early. Yeah, it's like 10 o'clock. Early but, for you, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Day off, but uh, see, look, on the day off, we're, I got you here, so this is going to be good. Yeah, so like yeah. I was saying to you on the phone here, we're just going to kind of timeline your career and, uh, and uh, you know, we'll uh, discuss, discuss a few folks and some tilts and uh, what you're doing now and all that fun stuff if you're ready to roll. Yeah, ready to roll, buddy. All right. Well, so uh, so you're uh, from Winnipeg. Um, when you uh, so did you play your minor hockey there? Yeah, born and raised in Winnipeg. Played my minor hockey. Uh, yeah, my dad was involved in the hockey too, and uh, hockey family, of course. And, uh, spent a lot of time growing up on the outdoor rinks, obviously. And, it was a lot of fun growing up in Winnipeg, yeah. Yeah, so you, you played your AAA midget there as well? Uh, no, I didn't play midget. I actually, when I was in Peewee and Bantam, I was cut like two years in a row from the AAA team. Uh, it was pretty brutal, like devastating, because I had played like the best level up to that point. Mm-hmm. And, then, uh, and then I just got cut. You know, wasn't kind of an eye-opening experience. Kind of had to, you know, it was hard to hard to take, and uh, you know, had to, you know, obviously get better. And uh, eventually, played uh, my bantam year of uh, AAA Winnipeg Hawks. And uh, before that, I had uh, been scouted by Saskatoon Blades out of double uh, A hockey, which is pretty rare. Like yeah. not many scouts not many scouts don't watch double A games, but there's one scout from Saskatoon and uh he used to come watch and eventually I got invited to I got one letter for Saskatoon Blades rookie camp. One letter out of like every team in the dub. And uh yeah, just went to camp and now yeah. Well, I was going to say, so obviously, uh, with, with your size and everything and, uh, you know, yeah. the, with the underdog kind of role, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the walk on invite, so to speak, um, was yeah. it, was it sort of impressed upon you, uh, what your, what your role should be? Well, I had never really been in a fight before that. Yep. And, uh, my dad played like a little bit of pro, he played junior, he played, uh, like Portage Terriers, St. James Canadians, Grand Weekings, uh, and he played pro like USHL when it was like a pro league back in the day. Um, so I, he kind of told me what was going to happen. Like I'd probably have to fight, or you know, he kind of gave me the heads up. Like there's me people at this camp who are like gonna gun for you because of your size, and uh, so we get to. Bastion camp within like the first, oh, it's probably the second or third game. And, uh, this big farm kid, Saskatchewan, just like, he was like, you could tell he was a farm boy. And I'm like, city boy from Winnipeg, like, only been like maybe a couple like cage rage fights. Yep. Nothing. So he asked me to fight, like, and I was kind of like, what's going on here? Like, we had to take off our cages. Like, we're like, I don't know, like 14 or 15. And I had never been in a fight before. So, yeah, he asked me. So, I dropped my gloves, took off my helmet, 
and uh, he was kind of like dancing around like he had been in a fight before. And I just was kind of like blank, like, oh, shit, what's going to happen here? Like, <laughs> So I was like freaking out, and uh, I ended up one-punching him. Oh! And I, yeah, my first ever <laughs> hockey fight, I one-punched the guy, and uh, he just went down. And I ended up breaking my wrist in the process. I guess I hit him so hard, my wrist broke. Or I didn't know, or either that or I didn't know how to punch properly and I didn't know what I was doing, which I kind of didn't. <laughs> well, so there you go. You, you drop the right. drop the gloves for the first time in cap and you get a one-hitter quitter. There you go. Yeah, one-hitter quitter, <laughs> get, break, your, break your wrist, uh, get All- lifted by the blades the next day, yeah. It was, yeah, well, there and, and yeah. it was sort of a uh, it's ominous, kind of, it's kind of a no, kind of a no brainer. Like two biggest guys go to camp and knock the guy out, and yeah, so it kind of uh, happened with Zach Stewart and uh, uh, Brad McCrimmon was the coach back then, and yeah, so that's kind of how it started. That's how it all got started. Well, so. Um, and then, uh, well, so your first year of junior, like, did you did you start with Saskatoon or did you start? No, well, I my first year junior, I at the same time I was I got listed with Saskatoon. Um, I kind of popped up on the radar of uh, Dauphin Kings, uh, the MJ, and uh, they listed me as well, and uh, I had. Uh, uh, got out of the Winnipeg circuit for junior A and went to Dauphin when I was 16. But I, I, uh, like I went to camp when I was 16 with Blades. Yeah. And then I got sent to Dauphin and, uh, played the whole year in Dauphin when I was 16. In the Manitoba League? Okay. Yeah. Well, and then how, how was, uh, like how was that transition? I mean, uh, you know, especially back then, I mean, there was, uh, you know, it was it was called Jungle A for a reason. I mean, uh, oh, yeah. and, a, and a big dude like you, and I mean, lots of, lots of tilts oh, in the yeah. Manitoba League. How did like now? So going in, I mean, obviously you're well aware of what's going to happen and yeah, what's going to go on. But I, yeah, I was kind of well aware, but I kind of was kind of like uh, I was kind of like didn't really want to fight if I didn't have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and uh, you know because. I never really liked fighting. It just kind of, for me to get to the next level, it kind of, kind of came apparent that I had to do that to add yep. to something that, you know, that I could play a regular shift and I could fight kind of thing. Yep. So in Dauphin, uh, I was kind of like the youngest guy on the team by like two years. Everybody was like either 20 or 19 or 18. And, uh, so yeah, like I was one of our defense was like everybody was like six four or bigger. So we had like pretty tough team, like a few guys that played in the dub like when they're like uh eighteen, nineteen and that their twenty year old year they're playing junior eight. Yeah. So I got I kinda didn't really have to fight much. I only had like maybe like four or five fights all year. Yeah. So just the, the younger guys and but uh, the one, the guys I did fight were, you know, fairly tough, and they kind of tried to prove their point with me, and I did okay. Like some of them, I lost, like kind of a learning experience and stuff, and never really been in, you know, that many. So, um, so yeah, like uh, the next year, 
um, going back uh, this last year, my dad, and after the season in Dauphin, uh, my dad got me on like boxing. He's like, he kind of saw that I was going to have to get better at fighting. Yeah. And uh, took boxing all all that summer and got really good shape. And yeah, that's kind of you know what helped me get the next fight level of like fighting wise. You know. Yeah. So like yeah. So like the next year, yeah, you roll into to Blades Camp. You're 17. So that would be uh, yeah. 2000 2000. Yeah, that was the year yeah, you played was, 22 huh. games, right? Yeah, it was kind of brutal because uh, the first year, watch well, the first two years I was with, like, the Blades, like, uh, listed, and then I went to Dauphin. Uh, the coach was Brad McCurman, which is, like, he was awesome, a great guy, really helped me with, like, training and stuff, and was kind of like a mentor. And then he got a job with uh, Atlanta, so he moved to the NHL, and uh, the coach in Saskatoon was Kevin Dickey. Yep. Uh, I don't know if you remember him. Like, I do. He was a decent guy, but, like, uh, he would, like, tell me before the games he wanted me to fight. Like, we had, like, meetings. And, like, it was just a brutal way to, like, yeah. it was just... I knew what I was there for and stuff. Like, I didn't need to be told, like, before the game. Like, and then he'd tell me to fight, and then he wouldn't put me on ice. So, like, some games I wouldn't even play. Like, I'd play, like, one or two shifts. It was brutal. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, how do you, yeah, yeah I mean, it's already in your head to begin with, right? And the nerves yeah, and everything oh, yeah. else. And, oh, yeah, now, now let's pregame about it. Yeah, okay, thanks, coach. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was brutal. He yeah. just didn't know to handle. He didn't know how to handle like a fighter, or just let them do. You know, they are. You know, they already know their role. Just let them do it, kind of thing. He would always like. He's yeah. never been in the fight. He didn't understand the concept, and yeah. he wasn't. He wasn't really a good coach at all. He, I think they. I think uh, the year after, I think they had like the worst record of. Yes, uh, they did. I think it was any team in Saskatoon Blades history. Yeah, worst record. Yeah, I think it was one yeah. of the. I think it was one of the worst records in WHL history. I think it was. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, it was brutal. Yeah. yeah. Well, I that's when I. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know from that year. Uh, you know, I mean, you had you played the twenty-two games, and uh, I know you had a couple yeah. run-ins with like Kyle Bruce and Tristan Grant, and uh, yeah. Um. Now, in that term, it just in terms of like. In adjusting with the speed of the game and the like, was it a big step up from from the uh, MJ to the dub? Like in terms of, yeah, just... it was. Yeah, it took a while to get used to. Like, uh, and especially if you're not if you're not playing all the time. Like, yeah, I get in practice is a different story than actually playing a game. And I in Saskatoon, I wasn't. I barely played like at all. Like, if I played, it was maybe. A uh, few shifts here, a few shifts there, and it was kind of brutal, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, and then, so, like, then the following year, like you said, uh, 0102, so you're, uh, at this point, uh, you know, 17, 18-year-old year, you just played the nine yeah. g- nine games in Saskatoon, and then uh, and then you end up yeah, in, yeah. In, in North Battleford at the SJHL. Yeah, so I played, uh, 
Well, actually, I started the year, that year I would have started in Saskatoon. Yep. And then I got uh, sent back to Dauphin. And I played maybe a few games, and they it had a, they had a different coach than I played for the year before, and uh, it was kind of brutal. So I went. Uh, they traded me to Nipawin, which okay. was all right. It was a good place. Yeah. And and then uh, eventually I got traded to uh, North Alford. Yeah. Which is yeah, and North Alford is nice. Uh, good, you know, decent town for junior A and. Yeah, crowds and stuff. Yeah. yeah, like yeah, and like you said, one of the bigger bigger towns for the uh, in the Esme. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and I got and I got to ask you about this. And I was fortunate enough. I actually I was actually was able to round up the footage, and it's on uh, anybody listening. Go to the YouTube channel. Type in Jason Goulet. Got a few of his fights, but one of the fights is against the infamous John Nasty Morasty. And you guys have a hell of a battle. That's a really good fight. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Were you kind of like, well, who yeah. is this little midget, and why does he keep bothering no, me? <laughs> you know, I, no, I I knew who he was, obviously, and uh, I knew he played on the dub before. Um, actually, a guy on our team uh, was uh, Jordan Roach. I don't know if you remember. Oh, yes, yep. So I kind of heard that he was coming to uh, back to the SJ after playing the dub and stuff. And you know, George Roach was telling me that uh, he'd be playing for, he's going to sign with either us or Flynn Fawn. And uh, so I knew, I saw him in warm-ups and stuff and kind of gave each other the look up and down. And, uh, you know, eventually we had the fight and stuff. Uh, funny thing is, like, after, uh, he only played like a couple of games of Flynn Fawn and then uh, we traded for him. So then one week he's like on, I fought him and the next week he was on our team. Like, we, and we were buddies, you know. I was going to say, did you get along with him? Yeah, we got along great. Uh, funny story. In North Battleford, there was, uh, there's always like an ice fishing tournament for like fundraising. Yep. And uh, so John, John and I were like, teamed up we're like selling raffle tickets or whatever and uh, like it was like fucking like minus 30 out it was brutally cold yeah and we weren't like doing it and you're just standing around so john got uh, his uncle lived close by he was on the lake there and uh john got a ski doodle and uh we ended up leaving and going to his uncle's cabin and just drinking our faces off the rest of the day we said screw it <laughs> we're like fuck this it's too cold yeah hey minus 30 yet there's no need uh, for ice fishing let's get at it yeah yeah so then uh you know we met, we met up with the other guys like after at the bar and stuff and then the next day that coach was like who the fuck were you guys like you guys should be, you're, you're going to get kicked off the team. Like, he phoned our parents and stuff. He phoned my dad. For sure, I know that. And, like, he was, the coach was pissed. <laughs> that was pretty funny. The, uh, yeah, well, like you said, well, and then <clears throat> to continue, like you said, with the SJ, it was, um, you know, that league, it's, uh, again, no, uh, you know, no shortage of toughness around, around then. Um, I mean, you had some other run-ins with like Arlen Eliasson and, uh, 
Try to think who else would have been down. Was Parker there at that time, running around um, in Melville? Yeah, I, I thought Parker once, I think. Maybe when we were 20, I think. Yeah, maybe when he played for Melville and I played for uh, North Alfred when I was 20. Yeah, when you went back, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, so it, uh, so, well, and then the follow, so now you get traded to Prince George. And that had to be, that was obviously no, a, big, a big opportunity. Well, I never, actually, uh, never got traded. I, I went, I went there on a tryout. Okay. I didn't even, I wasn't even listed or anything. And, uh, I had told Saskatoon, like, beat it. Like, I'm not going to come back for like, you know, almost like four years in a row of this shit, you know, like, yeah. You got, and they wanted me to come back for camp. I was like, why? You cut me like, you know, like I played on the team and I barely played and like I need to go somewhere else. So eventually they dropped me and I, I, uh, I wrote a letter to Luby there, like Daryl Lubinicki. Yep. And, uh, he eventually like gave me a tryout and, uh, had to drive all the way by myself to Prince George. But uh, I ended up making the team and had a good year there. You know, good uh, bunch of guys and had a lot of fun playing hockey. It was, it was uh, a lot of people dog uh, Prince George, but I, I was it was it was great for me. You know, small town kind of thing. Yeah, well, and like I said, you're in the Western Hockey League. You played the 63 games, so like 137 pims. I mean, it was, uh, yeah. you, know, you know, you, you kind of really kind of came onto the scene at that point. Um, yeah. You know, and some of the guys in the team, you know, you had, uh, Dan Baum and, uh, Aaron Foster. And then, uh, yeah. you know, Miles Zimmer. But then you have, uh, there's also Big Buff. Bufflin's on there. Yeah. How, how was, uh, how, how was hanging out with Big Buff? Um, Great, uh, great guy. Uh, I used to drive him to the rink like pretty much every day when we played together. Uh, he's he's like a freak. He's like he's got like natural like strength, like crazy. Like uh, yeah. before, back in like back then, uh, you know, nobody really knew like what to put him as, like a forward or defenseman. Yeah, like I'd have to do like drills with them as he'd be playing forward, I'd be playing D, and he was like two years younger than me, and he'd be like stronger than me. Yeah, I was like strong, and he's just like a, a big bear. Like it's like it's crazy. Now, like like back then, I mean, obviously when you're kind of around a, a guy like that, did you? Uh... Could you see him going on, or was it a surprise to you, uh, the success that he's had? Or Well, I, we knew that, like, he was, like, talented and uh, that kind of thing, but you just, uh, you don't really know what it takes to get to that level, at, yeah. you know, when you're that young. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, it wasn't, uh, like, he, he got, he was, like, I think he was traded from Brandon to our team, and I'll never forget, like, he came to uh, the rink the first day I saw him. He had, like, all of his, like, clothes and his equipment in, like, a garbage bag. <laughs> like, to think, to think of that now is, like, yeah, yeah. the guy's a fucking NHL all-star, like, yeah. 
makes like a million or whatever a year. Yeah, with like, tens of millions of dollars, and he's rolling in with a garbage bag at seventeen. Oh, yeah. How things have changed. Yeah, he's got all. You get cut from Brandon. He's got all this shit in the garbage bag. Like it's fucking crazy. Like it's like insane. I guess I you could the first year you showed flashes of being like stuff they can do. It wasn't until like the next year. Uh, my 20-year-old year, when I started there, he was, like, take over games being, like, he was, I guess he was probably, like, 18. Yep. He'd yep. just be, like, a stud, you know? Yeah. pretty much, like, hit people when he when he felt like it. I mean, uh, pretty crazy. Yeah. Well, just to kind uh, of, uh, so, yeah, you're, you're kind of your, your, your first year here at Prince George, just kind of looking at your fight card. I mean, you got some names, boy. Um, you know, you start off with Robin Big Snake, and and uh, how'd that one go? Do you remember? No, it was a good fight. I I think I still have it. They made the. It was a game that was on Sportsnet, and they showed the fight, and then uh, they showed the highlights on the on the nightly news, like the nightly broadcast thing. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, one of the names, your third fight on here is against uh, a legendary individual, um, the Boogie, Boogie, Derek Bugard. In Medicine Medicine Hat, you guys ran into each other. Uh, Yeah. What was it like squaring off with that dude? Well, it was was, uh, different because, like, I was, uh, Boogie had played in Prince George for, like, two years before I did, like, and the year before. So, like, I was basically his replacement. I wore the same number, like, pretty much the same jersey as him, like, lived in the same house as him. So, like, <laughs> it was kind of weird, and I, I knew, like, he was, like, like huge and tough and scary. Like, um, so the first time we played against each other, I don't know, I had gotten uh, a puck in the face, so I couldn't fight him. I was wearing a birdcage. And, uh, I remember, like, I was against the boards and he came, like, he, he could get going, like, fast and, like, he would just, like, crush people. Yep. I remember, like, uh, I was against the boards and I saw him coming. I kind of moved out of the way and he just, like, hit the boards, like, like, going fast. And I was like, oh, fuck, that, I almost dodged one there. <laughs> and, like, so eventually, uh, you know, we fought in Medicine Hat, and it really wasn't much of a fight. Uh, I we squared off, uh, and he's obviously a lot bigger than I was, and uh, I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, <laughs> here we go. So we here we go. I guess we're gonna do this finally. So uh, we squared off. I grabbed his jersey, grabbed mine, and we were kind of swinging at each other. And I ended up grabbing his jersey, and he didn't have his tie down on. Yep. So his like jersey went over his head, and all I remember is like this big fist like coming like within inches of my face, and it's like his fist, like it was like friggin' huge, like <laughs> yeah, and it just like like didn't even hit me, but it brushed it, and I was like, oh fuck. So then, like, his jersey was over his head, and then the ref just eventually broke it up because it was kind of stuck on. So, 
but yeah, it wasn't really much of a fight, honestly. But it's uh, yeah, yeah. I was still shitting my pants. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, well, and many many did face and face and boogie uh, uh, as he went on. But that was the one thing that people don't realize is once he got got them legs pumping, boogie could go. Oh fuck yeah! Yeah. And there's a lot of people that you know, oh, big dummy. Yeah, yeah, you know, he could he could skate all right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing was, he had no no qualms about running anybody. It didn't matter. Oh no, he he like I saw clips of him like running goalies and stuff. Like he didn't you know, do yeah. Yeah, you know. Like. <laughs> one guy I wanted to ask you about. And I I actually knew him way back when. I know I was I'm friends with his uncle, but. Uh, and you had a few run-ins with him that year uh, when he played. He was in Kelowna with Sunderman. Yeah, the, uh, what was his nickname again? Stefan Sunderman. And, yeah, he had a nickname. Though. I can't remember it was. Oh, neither. God, it's been so long. Sunderman but or yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, well, Another big dude, yeah, and I know from talking to his uncle, he kind of, you know, just took the long way, we all played some junior B, whatever, and was sort of the big kid, and, you know, and, uh, you know, I don't think he was, really relished the the fighting, but he was just like, well, if this is how I'm going to make the league, well, this is what I'll do, Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and it was funny, just scrolled through, and it was, and it was funny kind of listening to your guys' stories, because your stories are very similar to him, right, the big guy, and, yeah. Yeah, so it was interesting you guys uh, met up a bunch of times, but um, uh, yeah, there's a bunch out here. You have a lot of big dudes, Patrick Weller and uh, McLaughlin, and then uh, in the playoffs you fought uh, Zach Fitzgerald. Zach Fitzgerald, yeah. Uh, I think I jumped him or something. He he hit somebody on our team at like center ice and just killed him. <laughs> uh, and then I kind of like jumped them, and it really wasn't. We didn't really. I don't even know if we split off really, but yeah. He uh, oh, and Zach's still still going over in Europe there. Yeah, and, I know. I I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the EIHL, right? Yeah, yeah. In uh, in uh, Brayford there. Yeah, yeah. I got a few stories about that league. We're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah, I, uh, I know. I don't want to get too. Uh, <laughs> Well, so the uh, <clears throat> so now that was your uh, your nineteen. So the uh, so yeah. the so the following year, um, yeah. Obviously, you went to. Uh, did you go to a pro camp? Um, no, I didn't get. Uh, never went to an NHL camp or anything. Just, no. Uh, well, um, well, so then, yeah. So as your twenty year old, you yeah. go, you go back to Prince George. Yeah, I went back to Prince George, and, uh, like, obviously, like, three 20-year-olds, uh, the fighter on the team is probably not going to yep. stick around for the year. Yep. So, you know, it was kind of... Uh, writing the on the writing wall. was on the wall. Yeah. yeah, the writing was on the wall, and they, they're, like, they liked me as, like, a player in person, so they gave me a shot to come and, uh, and you know, try out, and I played and played well, but it was... It was kind of the writing was on the wall that they don't really keep those kind of guys. Yeah. So what they did was uh, they the GM uh, Dallas Thompson he hooked me up uh, to play uh, in the coast. Yeah. From when I was twenty, and I started the year in, in or I guess started the year in Prince George, and then went to uh, Fresno and played there, which is like going from junior to pro is like eye-opening because like 
they're they're not you know boys and teenagers anymore. They're grown men. Like yep, they're they're people on the team that are my age now. Like yeah, there's like people like thirty five, thirty six on that team. I was like, my mind was blown with like families and stuff. It was crazy. Yeah, well, so you, yeah, so you roll down to, you know, you're in, here you are 20 years old from Prince George. Yeah. To, we're rolling into Cali here in the yeah. Fresno. Yeah. And, uh, it was a little different. Yeah. I was going to say, and the, uh, the head coach was a legendary minor league enforcer, Greg Spenrath. Uh, feel the wrath, feel the wrath, Yeah. He's, uh, he's a beauty. He's, uh, the Viking. How, do, well, he must have loved you though. Oh yeah. We got, we got along good. He, he was good to me. And, good guy and uh taught me a few things here and there but uh i was kind of i played a few, like i think it was like 13 games or something to start out and uh it i played you know i fought a little bit fought had a few fights and did well and it just was uh kind of they they and uh, the coaches and i decided like i should go back to junior and, yeah and uh so eventually, I think it was like after Christmas, I went back to junior. As I say, you have the one on here. I've just got to drop your gloves. It's got you. It's got. It's got you knocking out uh, Caparnier there in uh, Long oh, yeah. in Long Beach, and then and then you're into the SJ. Yeah. So going. Yeah. So I fought that guy, and I don't know. There was a couple pictures where it was like a slow mo of me like punching him and like. He was like, you know, pretty, uh, pretty funny. Well, so so down he goes, and then we're, we're then we're back to North. Back. That's that's quite the ride. Yeah. That you know, you're from Prince George it's to quite, California, all the way back to North Battleford. Yeah, well, I kind of uh, it was an interesting year, and once I got back to North Battleford, a couple of like OHL teams have like caught wind of that. And I could have went and played uh, for the Peterborough Peets. Yeah, I, I could have went there. And uh, the only thing that was going to be different was I would have had to play forward, like hundred percent. Yeah, which I I really wasn't. I was like, I'm already I already played pro. I know I can. I'm just coming back here for the rest of the year and get some playing time and go back the night the following year. Yeah, so I didn't. I turned down the Pete thing because I just didn't want to. The thing where I I enjoyed, I was fine with fighting as long as I got to play a yep. little bit. You know, like I didn't want to be the guy who um, got tapped on the shoulder like once a game kind of thing. Yep. So that was kind of like uh, my thing with fighting. Like I was fine doing it as long as I got to play a little bit. Yeah. Well, so you kind of you finish out the year of Battleford, and then uh, and then here we go. Now we're you're a full time pro after this point, and uh, yeah, you roll into well. First, you start in Kalamazoo, and you're kind of there, kind of briefly. Well, yeah, well, it was like uh, that year was the NHL lockout, but like the first one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so going back to the coast wasn't really an option, just because there were so many. There wasn't many guys getting tryouts or anything because, you know, AHL was full of guys, East Coast, and, like, all the prospects and stuff. Yep. So I couldn't really roll in there coming from the SJ after I'd already played. So I had to start somewhere. So I, uh, agent at the time got uh, a 
a contract uh, Kalamazoo, which actually my dad actually played there too. So, uh, so I went there and tried out and played a few games, and uh, it was interesting. It was uh, I ended up breaking my finger in practice. Uh, the coach at the time, we were playing like three on three down low, and he was like an old NHL player coach and stuff, and he was like, he'd like try pretty hard. Like he played a three on three, and he got, you know, like slashing me and breaking my finger. <laughs> so, yeah. So your coach breaks your finger. So I was, uh, I was like, you know, done for a couple weeks to come play. And eventually, when I got healthy, uh, he just cut me because he, I don't know what. <laughs> yeah, break your finger, then I'm going to let you go. Yeah, all right. Yeah. yeah. So one of the funny stories of playing Kalamazoo was uh, on that year, um, uh, Zarly Zalapski was on the team. He oh. came back from uh, um, Europe where he played, like, after his NHL, he played in in Europe for like another 10 years so he was like I don't know he was like in his 40s probably but playing I've got the so like the first uh, uh, training camp in Kalamazoo my D partner was Zarly Zalapski well there you go yeah it was pretty funny you're like God. It's just like the this is like the old Sega Genesis days. Yeah, I know. I'm like I used to play video games with him as a player, and now he's my defense partner. Yeah, actually, there's I was looking. There's some interesting cats in that team. Uh, Willis is down there, and Kevin Kerr, yeah, and I, yeah, yeah. I don't think I played with Kevin, Kevin um, but I played played with um, Tyler Willis, and he was a beauty. Like we spent a lot, you know, had some fun and stuff, and. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, a funny guy. Well, there's definitely a minor league character right there in, in Willie. But uh, oh yeah, well then you end up in Oklahoma City, which is like heading down to small town Saskatchewan. The way Sauter loads those teams up, it's like Team Saskatchewan yeah. down there. Uh, you know, yeah, with, uh, with Hera lots, and, of, lots of lots of good Prairie boys on that team. Oh yeah, like yeah. like uh, Prasovsky and Fleck and Hariff and all those guys yeah. and uh, oh yeah. You know, and I love Brendan Morrow. He was back there for the from the lockout, and uh, yeah. Um, how how was playing down in Oklahoma City? It was like it, minor league hockey. Like it didn't really get much better than playing there. Like I've heard that played, from a bunch of guys. Yeah, we played in like uh, it was called the Ford Center, and uh, it was like eighteen thousand seat arena. Yep, and we we would draw like minimum like ten thousand a game. Back then, and uh, it was like playing NHL arena like every night. It was awesome, like unreal. And like uh, it's where uh, I don't know uh, the OKC Thunder play now. We played in in that. And, uh, eventually, they played in that another uh, one across the street. But uh, yeah, for the two years I was there, uh, we played in the big arena. Yeah, I've heard from a bunch of guys that yeah, like, if you're gonna play anywhere, the, like that was the place to play. You know, they had, you had oh, good, yeah. you had good local hookups, and the owner take care of you. And yeah, oh, yeah. the owner and uh, we used to get like bunch of like benefits, like yep. bunch of stuff. We used to get like free steaks, like free like meats, like 
cheese. Like, we go to, like, a grocery shop, and they, like, hook us up with, like, two or three hundred bucks worth of, like, steaks and stuff. We eat, eat steaks and have our own barbecues at our apartments. Like, we ate, like, the tree, like, king was, like, it was unreal. Like, even, like, walking around, like, it was, like, the only major leagues, well, not major league, but, like, yeah, it was the only pro town. sport team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we were, like, treated, like, people, like, you walk around and people know who you are. Like, it's kind of weird, you know? <laughs> well, you had the, uh, you, you know, you're, uh, you're kind of getting in there and, I mean, some tough dudes, man. Again, I mean, take uh, Jay Banich, uh, Parker, Parker and Katzberg and uh, Kenny Getz. And, and one guy I wanted yeah, to ask him. Uh, was yeah, there's a lot of old school tough guys back then. Oh yeah, uh, do you remember how your fight with Chris Millette went? Um, yeah, it was a good fight. Yeah, he's a little tough guy. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm, yeah, kind of. I think it was against Youngstown. I think he played in Youngstown that one year, and uh, I'd asked him to fight because uh, you know he's a tough guy, and I was trying to like. Um, obviously, my goal was to get to the next level. That's kind of why I always thought was try and get to the next level. And uh, that's why I kind of picked, like, the toughest guy on every team to try and fight out to give my resume up and yep. hopefully one day, you know, get to the next level kind of thing. Do you remember how your uh, uh, how your fights with Banach uh, went? Uh, I beat him, I think. Yeah. He, he was a big, big boy, like, Tall, yep. lanky. Yep. But uh, yeah, it was, he was it was later in his career, so and yeah. I was like young and full of piss and vinegar kind of thing. Yeah. Well, and then uh, like you said, yeah, the following year you go <laughs> back again. You had the, kind of the, and then oh uh, five oh six, yeah, two hundred forty eight minutes, play sixty four games, uh, and and like I said, you're fighting everyone, Chris. Yeah, you, you seem to have like a run in with like Chris Bain and. Uh, you fought Voth a few times and, uh, yeah, McBrien and like Yawasco and yeah, lots of, lots of back to you, you, uh, a, a few guys you're fighting twice and three times. Um, uh, yeah, that, um, uh, Brian, he, I don't know, he was off, uh, face off. We were playing him in Oklahoma city. And for some reason, like I went to turn around and get the puck and he like, he like tried to jump me like he like he uh like jumped me fighting and i like was turned around getting the puck so like i was pissed so that's why i just whenever i was on the ice against him again during that game i just like dropped him like yeah i think we fought i think we fought like three times yeah yeah he did fight three times yep yeah um and the other one you fought, what, one, two, three, uh, four, Chris Bain, you fought him four times that year. Yeah. Uh, he's a tough yeah. dude out of the, out of the OHL, uh. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, uh, I think, I don't know if Parker was there that year. He was there the first year. Yeah, he was in Wichita yeah, the first and, uh, year. He was in, he went yeah. to the LNAH at that time. Oh, speaking of which, yeah. uh, just kind of sidetracked. Did the LNAH ever get a hold of you to play? Oh yeah, like pretty much every summer they asked my. <laughs> it was like some shady guy from Quebec phoning and talked to my dad and. Oh yeah. Was, 
Yeah, they would call nonstop, but yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> Did you ever entertain it, or was it like no? Uh, no, I knew. Yeah, you know, once you go to that league, you're you're just if that's it. I was, that's it. Like you're, you're going, you're, you're going for the money. You're, it's two fights a night, and you're going for the money. Yeah, yeah, you go for the money. Like you're. You know, there's a few guys that did come back and play, you know, AHL or whatever, but as soon as you do that, you're, it's a whole different game, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, at that point, you're just a, yeah, it's the MMA on skates pretty much at that point if you're a tough yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. But, um, well, so you have the big gear in Oklahoma, and then you, you uh, well, you moved up because in uh, 06, 07, uh, you're in Bridgeport. How did uh Yeah, I, um how that happened. I was gonna I signed back to go to Oklahoma City, which I was, you know, pretty happy with. Like, you know, play there, you know, you get treated like a king, good bunch of guys. And then uh in the summer I was skating in a camp in Winnipeg and uh one of the instructors in the camp was Brian Trache. So I had uh he had uh Watch me skate it for a couple of days within like the second day. He's like, uh, bring me your hockey resume. I want to have a look at it. And, uh, so yeah, eventually he got me, uh, there's going to be a tryout. And I was like, I don't really want to go just try out if I'm, uh, already signed, you know? So yeah. I, he ran, eventually they got me a contract with uh, Bridgeport for the year, like a two way. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Now, what was, uh, now, now in terms of like stepping up, like every, you know, obviously as you go up the ladder, uh, you know, how, what was the difference in the, in the gameplay? Did you notice the American League to the Central? Uh, and Yeah, going like from Central League to AHL was like a huge step there. Yep. It was like, uh, even like playing wise, like it was a lot fast, a lot faster than, uh, even going from like, I started the year in the A a little bit, I played a few games and then got sent to the coast. And even going from the coast to the AHL was like a big jump. Like you could just tell the the speed was a lot faster. Yeah. Well, you kind of went from the Pensacola and then Cincinnati and, uh, yeah. Um, and well, just how, how was that year? I mean, yeah. Well, the American league, I mean, we yeah. can't, you know, you fought Kochi and Reed Lowe, so, I mean, you had some names there, and then... Uh... Yeah, well, it was like, when I was playing in the AHL, it was like, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd dress from, like, in warm-up and stuff, and more games than I actually played, but it was like, it was the time where they were, like, scratch guys, or you'd skate in warm-up, and then one team would dress a fighter, and another wouldn't, you know, it was kind of like that, it was like, uh kind of you never really knew if you're going to play or not kind of thing now how how tough mentally is that for you especially for a guy in your position well like i know the one game i i dressed in warm-up and like yablonski was playing in binghamton and i was like i was like you know that's a legit tough guy like uh like how's you know like getting mentally prepared for the game and then you're not sure if you're going to play or not, or if he's going to play or not, or like, yeah, it's kind of like draining, like 
mentally you're like you want to be ready but you don't even know if you're going to play or like he's going to play you know yeah it was kind of like back in that day where you know they wouldn't really sometimes they pick their spots if you know yeah dressing guys like that you know yeah well you kind of like you said you kind of roll through and yet you kind of you end up the season in the east coast league in, in cincinnati um and again, some of the names just looking at, you know, Pierre-Luc LeBlanc. Uh, Jonathan Tremblay, there's always an interesting name. He he had a lot of buzz coming out of the Quebec League um, uh, as the kind of the heavyweight champ of the Quebec League. Um, yeah. how, how did that one go? Um, not very good for me. <laughs> yeah. It was, he, uh, he, he lived up to the billing, yeah. did he? <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, I don't know what happened to him. Like, he... He was really tough, and the thing is, was different with him. He was like left-handed, which kind of like I think threw everybody off. You know, yeah, with him, he uh, and he was like powerful, and uh, I don't know. Like I expected him to like be more like effective in the NHL, but it just I guess it just didn't uh, pan out. I guess, but uh, he, he was a little, he was tough. Yeah. At this time, are you, um, or at any time, I just got, just popped into my head, but do you ever watch, like, because I don't know if YouTube was around. Yeah, it would have been around. Oh, yeah, it was around. Yeah, 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 I guess. Did you watch guys and, like, scout? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah, all all the time, yeah. Yeah. uh, If I knew I was fighting, you know, fight somebody or, like, pre-scouting, like, yeah, all the time. I was either on, like, hockey fights. Yep. Com or drop the gloves or YouTube watching like my fights or their fights or whatever I get due to like kind of figure out what they did, you know? Yeah. Did you find that ever like kind of get like mess with your head too? Like you're watching oh, something yeah. and all of a sudden it's like this dude's knocking cats out and you're like, oh shit, I got to do this guy tomorrow. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Did, did you yeah, ever find like, that it got in your own head? Oh yeah. Like, Definitely, like, pregame naps, you're, you're thinking about, like, what he's going to do, and, you know, like, it's just, uh, and, like, you're basically preparing for battle, like, yep. Yep. <laughs> it's pretty crazy when you think of it, you know? Yeah, well, I always try to explain to people, it's almost like, and that feeling, it's like, when you're a kid and you're at school, and the bully tells oh, yeah. you at 10 o'clock, at 3 o'clock in the park, we're fighting, so that whole yeah. day, that feeling that you have... That's awful, you know, and for you guys, like, that's what I try to get across in these interviews and with, with listeners talking to you guys. It's just that feeling that you guys had to go through mentally before it even starts has just got to be overwhelming at times. Oh, yeah. Like, I know I remember uh, be times where I'd be out with my wife and uh, she'd be like, what's going on? Like, you're quiet. I'm like, I'm thinking about tomorrow. Like, what's going to happen? <laughs> yeah, and just like stuff like that. Like, uh, life, my life now is pretty easy because, like, before I used <laughs> people trying to kick the shit at me like every game, you know, yeah, trying to do the same thing I'm trying to do to them, you know. Yep. Like, I, you know, so yeah, it's kind of a different. Uh, was, you know, when you have somebody trying to beat you up, like the bully at school kind of thing, you know. Like, now, now it's like, well, nobody's trying to beat me up anymore, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little easier. Life's a little easier now, for sure. Well, before yeah. we leave Cincinnati, the one fight I have to ask you about, uh, you, you fought Biz. 
How'd your fight with yeah. Bistonette go in Wheeling? No, it was a good fight. Uh, we pretty much went toe to toe, and uh, like we were both standing at the end of it. And uh, what I'd heard before the the day before or something, he had you know he was in the coast for a couple of years, up and down, and uh, he, I guess, uh, he had won like the championship belt out against like Redding, <laughs> and uh, it was like this game after he did that that all the boys on my team were telling me this and stuff obviously like he was signed with Pittsburgh and stuff so um, I always tended to try and fight guys that were always like with an NHL team or played in the NHL yep so just to kind of get the resume up and you know prove that I kind of could do that so yeah so then I heard that and then I asked him to fight so we went, yeah. He wore a championship belt in, like, warm-ups? Yeah, I guess in, uh, against Redding, he, I think he fought, I, I heard that he fought, uh, what was the guy, Ebert, James Ebert. Yep. He fought him and, like, beat him up, or, or Malcolm McNolan or somebody like that, and uh, I guess Biz wore the championship belt for uh, warm-up. That that's pretty funny. That, that's a that's a ball that's a ballsy move. Funny looking yeah, back on it, but at the time you'd be like, if you were in warm up, you look over and see some dude skating around with a championship belt. You're that shit's on now. Yeah, that's Miley hockey at finest. Yeah, absolutely right there. Well, you know the people in Wheeling reading that shit up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so well, and then the. Uh, we'll kind of uh, while you so the next year you kind of you start in Dayton. And you end up in Bakersfield, um, yeah. in the East Coast League, and you kind of, uh, you know, roll through some guy. I mean, Huxley, Robin Gomez, uh, Brett Angel. I mean, you had some Eric Nielsen. Um, the one thing I wanted to ask you, uh, and this is how they have it listed on Drop Your Gloves, so you can correct me, but on March 1st, and then March 6th, you fought uh, uh, Bill uh, Kinkle and then Brett Angel. And it says here that you got knocked out in both of those. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not too sure. But, uh... I don't, uh, I don't think I... Yeah, I don't, didn't get knocked out. I've never been knocked out. Or, had, uh, or it was like a TK or whatever. You got, yeah. uh... I was going to say, yeah. uh... Um, at that point, is it, um... Are you are you tentative after that, or are you uh, like, no, let's get right back on the bike and let's do this again? Like, um, yeah, it happens to like every tough guy eventually. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yep. You're gonna run run across somebody who's gonna, you know, do that to you. Or, you yeah, know, you're gonna get beat. Like it's just uh, it's a little, me- you know, the fighting in the first place is mentally, but then try losing a fight when you should have won. Yeah. And you think like, oh, you think like the world is ending basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, that's yeah. sort of what I'm getting at at that mind space. It's like, Oh, for sure. Everyone loses. And, yeah. uh, and it, but you know, you but it's really, like, do you want to yeah, get, yeah. do you want to get back at it right away? Or are you kind of like, yeah, you want to get like a win under your belt. <laughs> 
no matter what you can do, kind of thing. Yeah, because I noticed, uh, you know, it was like the next time you played him, I mean, you fought Kinkle again, like, right after. So it's like... Yeah. Yeah. And, like, uh, yeah, I remember that fight. Uh, I'd always done well against Kinkle. I either, like, beat him or, yep. you know, yep. done well against him. And that one time, he got me with a good one, but, you know, when I was trying to hit him, and you get hit on the button, and... Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. You go down like a stack of potatoes, you know? Yep. So, yeah, it, it happens. Oh, of I mean, course. If, you fight, if you're fighting the right guys, you know, it's going to happen eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the... Uh, do you remember any of your uh, your battles with uh, Gomez and Huxley? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Gomez and... Yeah. Well, Huxley and I actually kind of briefly played together. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, like and I know him pretty well from Saskatoon. Yeah. And he he kind of like was uh, Dickie's boy, and yeah. uh, he, he kind of got, Dickie kind of chose him over me, and uh, so that's kind of, I know we got along good and everything, but like in pro, like I usually didn't fight people I knew because I was like friends with them. Yeah, but I didn't really, I didn't have any qualms about fighting him because he took my job as a team. So yeah, that's why you know we had, we had you know we fought you know a few times at least. Yeah, I, mean, I don't remember how many times we we didn't really like each other. You know. Yeah. Now is there um, yeah, like speaking of the friends thing and everything. So when you're when you're playing, were you uh? Kind of like, oh yeah, we'll chat it up, you know, before the game and then warm up. But then once the game's on, it's on. Or were you kind of stone face all day and then uh, no, we'll pretty, talk after? Stone face kind of all the time. And uh, yeah, if I had a friend on the other team, we'd talk after the game. Or yeah, you know, if I had a friend who was another fighter, I wouldn't. I didn't ever. I didn't really like. I never won. Actually, never fought somebody I was friends with. You know. Yeah, I just I couldn't. I couldn't wrap my head around it. Like, yeah, uh, you know, you're fighting each other, and then you're going for beers after the game. Like, you know, it just didn't seem uh, real to me. You know. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It's almost like, what are we fighting then? Yeah. You know, yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Um, well. So now. So 2008, 2009. Uh, this is kind of you alluded to it earlier, but you head over to uh, the UK. In, yeah. In uh, well, how did that all come about? And uh, um, and and, well, and what and what happened? Because you only played eleven games over there. So let's get what happened. And uh, what, well, let's. Well, I'll let you go. What you you tell the story. So the year before, I played in Bakersfield, and they wanted me back, but uh, we had played I think Victoria in playoffs, and I I got like healthy scratch for all playoffs. So I was like fucking pissed about it. So I, I told them like um, I didn't want to come back because I didn't play and I played all year, a regular shift, and you got some college guy taking my spot. Like this is bullshit. So I'm I'm just gonna go to uh, England next year. So uh, we ended up getting a contract with Basingstoke, which like. Nothing against the city or anything, but it was just like the owner at the time was pretty shady. He was like um, a businessman from like Germany or something. The building like it was just all really shady. Like 
it wasn't like a very good team in uh, England. It wasn't like your Sheffield or um, like uh, other like better teams and stuff. Like Nottingham and Coventry and Belfast. Yeah, all those teams, like, those are legit hockey teams, like, ran professionally and stuff. Yeah. This is, like, more like a community-run team and this shady owner. It was, like, I don't know, just really, really shady. So we get over there, uh, me and my wife. uh, We get there, we get all settled, and all of a sudden, like, we start getting, like, eviction notices like our apartment and stuff and we're like so i take it to the guy he's like yeah we'll get it taken care of so we nothing ever happens we keep on getting these eviction notices it was like uh and then he moved us to another place and like we kept on getting eviction notices like it's pretty crazy and like Every time we get paid, it was like straight cash, like that British pounds. Like, yeah, there was like no records of anything, <laughs> which is pretty funny. And then, uh, so yeah, we moved in like we lived in like two or three different places, and it was pretty shady. And uh, well, at this point, happened? at this point, the wife's just got to be thrilled with shit, right? Oh yeah, she was <laughs> she was pissed. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, uh, yeah, it was just not, uh, and the team wasn't, we weren't very good at, like, team, like, we had a good bunch of guys, but just team-wise, we weren't up to the other team's caliber, really. You know, we had, uh, my defense partner, he was actually a British guy, and he was a, a hairstylist. Was, that was his regular job, he was a hairstylist, oh. and then he was my defense partner on the weekend. Well, you guys would look good for the team photo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Team photos look superb, but yeah. Well, yeah, Jeremy Cornish over there, Danny Stewart, Brent yeah. Hughes. How are those guys? Yeah, a good bunch of guys. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we had, we had it was it was fun. Like we had a good time. A bunch of good guys, like partying and going out and doing that kind of stuff. But like hockey wise, like practice, we only had like five guys. Or like just the imports, you know, the British guys would be all working during the day. Yeah. So like practice wise was, it was kind of like not very good, but like I got to play quite a bit, you know, but it was good that way. Um, just the living arrangements weren't the best. And eventually when we did get out of there, uh, uh, the owner up and left the team at night. We just like said, ah, peace out, I'm out of here. And, like, there was going to be, like, an ownership change. It was kind of a gong show. And uh, eventually I got, uh, I told the agent that I want to come back to North America. And uh, Rapid City was just starting out a new team. Um, So then uh, uh, our plane tickets weren't going to be covered because the owner just left. And... uh, so we got Rapid City to cover our plane tickets back home and uh, went to Rapid City. Well, there, there's uh, Jason Goulet's trip to Europe, uh, European vacation. Oh, yeah. um, well, and then, uh, and then when we did get back, we heard that all the all the cars for everybody all got repossessed. So nobody would have had a car or like it was 
it was kind of a gong show. Yeah, well, that's too bad. Well, you made the right decision yeah. to get out of there. But at the time uh, when you were over there playing, what did you think of the league? How was it comparable, like, no, skill-wise? No, it was a good league. Like, they're, uh, like, obviously, like, Belfast and those teams were really good. Uh, like, they had, like, former AHLers and or East Coast League guys on them. And, uh, yeah, it was good caliber hockey, you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, and at that time, you know, you had Voth and uh, Sharp and uh, Nundor and Pyatt and all them running around over there. So, I mean, it was certainly a yeah. tough league. And, uh, yeah, a little run-in with Pyatt, I think. Yeah, fuck Pyatt, yeah. And, uh, well, there was uh, life in the U.K. Yeah, so how did well, how was Rapid City? How'd that go for you? Yeah, Rapid City was good. Uh, like, it was a first-year team and nice... Uh, Nice, uh, nice city, small town, but like very like picturesque, like not like uh, rolling hills, black hills kind of thing. So yeah, it was pretty neat being part of the first team ever there. So yeah, well, you guys had a you know a tougher team. I mean, you had uh, you know DeSantis was over there, kind of the, and then uh, you know yeah. I mean he had played for a long time at that point. And, oh uh, yeah, you know, yeah. and Kyle Sheen and. Uh, um, mm-hmm. Actually, I noticed uh, did you, uh, Ryan Hand was there for a little bit. Yeah, Ryan Hand was there. Yeah, me and uh, I mean Handy had played uh, we played together in Wichita too. We're like good buddies. Yeah, he's a tough yeah. dude. Yeah, well, there 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 yeah. was a guy that played in the Quebec League and then ended up coming to the Central and stuff. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, well, so you're back in the Central, and then uh, well, and then the the following year in, in Quad City. With the with the mallards, um, yeah. How, how, well, what, what did you? It's it's a shame that Quad City lost their team. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it was a great place to play. Yeah, um, I've heard from a number of guys that they really enjoyed it. Yeah, in Rapid City, uh, it was like my last year. I was gonna be a or first year. I was gonna be a veteran, so they're kind of you're kind of limited there. Yeah, and uh, what do you think so of the vet? What do you think of the veteran rules in the minors? Um, uh, well, there's probably not many vets anymore, really. Yeah, like, yeah. They're all, there's only like, uh, 30, like it's double A teams now, really. When yeah. I, like when I started, there was like, you could play in the U Hall, you could play in the Central or the Coast, you know, there was yeah. like 60 or more teams you could play for. Now it's down to like 30, like, so a lot of these guys, you know, starting on the SPHL or whatever now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that was the thing back then too. That was, that was cool. Like you said, you had all the teams and I mean, I mean, not that you're making great money, but I mean, no, yeah. but you could make like compared to now, I mean, guys aren't, you know, you're not doing nothing now, but I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, you could make, if you're a veteran guy or been around, I mean, you could, you could work yeah. out a deal oh, for sure. A lot of those, like, Veteran guys in, in those leagues were making more than they'd make in uh, AHL. Saw them. Yep. Yep. You know, like, like those Colorado Eagle guys and stuff. Yep. Uh, those are pretty good uh, gigs for those guys. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, if you can, if you find a spot and you can kind of, and you get, oh, you get yeah. comfortable in, I mean, you can, you know, yeah, the the money was certainly there, but uh, even yeah, even Oklahoma City guys they were getting oh yeah treated well and you know. All these perks, small perks like I don't know, like you get you get hookups, you know. Yeah, 
Well, in quad, so it's, um, you kind of had like a really, really big year. You were really busy there. You know, I mean, you fought Parker a whole bunch of times and, uh, and Brad, yeah. Brad McMillan and Justin Sawyer and Chirac and Fort Wayne. And, um, uh, I was kind of hoping like to kind of get a call up, hopefully, because like I had saw that like McIntyre played in Quad City and, you know, how, he got called up to the, you know, A and stuff. And I was kind of in that location of where people would kind of get called up. Yep. And I was, that's kind of what I was hoping, but, uh, it just never really happened, you know? Yeah. But overall, like you enjoyed your time in Quad City and. Yeah. Quad City was great. Uh, it was kind of, uh, the owner there was kind of, we had almost went on a strike before a game one. Uh, we had, didn't get paid for like two weeks, so we almost like went on strike. But, uh, you know, it was an interesting, good, like good coach and stuff and a coach like me, so I had no problem with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, uh, classic, uh, you know, are we getting checks or not? Then when you get your check, it's the, uh, it's the cannonball run to the, to the bank to get them cashed. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was interesting because we were like almost, we almost didn't go out for the game. We were like so, like that close to not going on strike. Like it was crazy. Oh, life in the minors, eh? Yeah, life in the minors. Yeah, yeah. Well, in the dream. Yeah, yeah. Now, at this point, are you starting to kind of uh, are you still in it, or is it sort of like, I uh, are you getting to the end of the road? Like I don't really want to do this anymore. Or well, what's your mindset yeah, at this of, point? Kind of after the quad city year, after I figured that. If I had a year like that where I, you know, uh, pretty much fought everybody and yep. won and not gotten called up, I'm like, well, it's probably not going to happen again. Like, yeah, um, I figured like the whole hockey wise, me that was like my goal was always to like get to the next level. And once that kind of ship had sailed, it was like then. Uh, then injuries started like getting in, you know, in my game. Like I was hurt like the last two years of my career, like yeah. pretty much half the year every year. Yeah. So once you start getting hurt and, you know, it kind of, it's time to kind of move on and kind of thing. Yeah. Well, so like, we'll just kind of wrap it up here. So the last yeah. couple of years in the central area in Wichita and Arizona, um, Arizona, how was there playing in Arizona? What was that like? Oh, it was a really nice place. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Prescott Valley, like it was a good rink. It wasn't many fans. We'd probably draw like, you know, two or 3000, but it wasn't bad. Like a nice place to live. You know, you got to go to like, um, Phoenix quite a bit and around there. It was pretty neat. Well, and uh, well, and then with Wichita, I mean, they're they're sort of like a legendary minor league town. Wichita, they love, yeah, they love their yeah. thunder. I noticed your coach was Kevin McClellan. Yeah, Macker was my coach. Yeah, how, how was, was he? Uh, he's a beauty. Yeah, yep. he, was, he was he was great. Yeah, he was a good guy, and just it, I had always wanted to play for him. Like he coached Memphis when I played in uh, Oklahoma City and stuff. So yeah, he uh, he had. Uh, Funny story, he was having a meeting with uh, uh, Coach Sauter one time, and I had 
I was like my first or second year, probably my first year, and I ran into Mac in the hallway, and I was like, I was kind of like starstruck. Like he played in NHL, like he's like Stanley Cup winner. Yep. And uh, he was telling me how they were short guys for the game. He's like, I I guess I didn't really pay attention. Like he he was joking that he would have to dress. But at the time, like, I thought he was serious. <laughs> so, and, like, I knew that he was a fighter and he was tough. I was like, oh, shit. So, like, no, before the game and pregame nap, I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, what's going to happen when this guy dresses and I have to fight him? And he's like, NHL tough guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, but I should have realized that it wasn't going to happen. Like, he was, he was older and he wouldn't, you know. But I didn't. Uh, it didn't compute when I was like twenty years old. I thought it could happen, you know. Yeah, well, you just and and a lot of things. You know, anything could happen in minor league hockey. You never know. Well, oh, so like you said, crazier things have had have happened. I know, but. Uh, uh, well, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you had a, you know, you had a hell of a run in, uh, in, in pro. I mean, yeah. you know, 10, 11 year pro career played, you know, you saw the world and, uh, bounced around. Um, what, how, how are you feeling these days with, uh, I mean, it's a tough deal with the injuries and everything else, but, uh, how, how is, uh, settling into life after hockey? How did that go for you? Yeah, it was pretty, uh, I know we came back to Canada and then I had a job like within like three days. So it was like hockey's kind of done. You need to kind of get on with life and yep. start making some money and uh, start a family kind of thing. Yep. Well, now the, uh, you know, we don't, uh, certainly don't want to leave, get you w- without mentioning this. You now have a company, uh, No Name Hockey. Uh, how, how did that all come about and how are you guys doing? Yeah, doing really well. Business is good. Uh, selling off the sticks like all over, all over North America. Some like in uh, European countries and stuff. And yeah, it's been fun. Like something uh, you know, like brand I created and uh, something that uh, people seem to like. And you get to pick your uh, your colors for your stick, your stick options, flex curve. Um, grip, no grip, kind of thing, and uh, you get your name and number put on them, just like uh, pros. We uh, now going back to your playing days. I know some guys are like just equip, like they're they're just like equipment whores, right? They're going to use every stick and try everything. Yeah. Other guys just yeah, give me something, let's go. How were you? Were you really were anal with the with your sticks? Um, yeah, I was pretty like trying different stuff. I was always like in. Considering I was a fighter, I, why would why would I even bother you worrying about my stick? But um, yeah, I was always like in the trainer's room, like looking at gear and stuff. I've always been like a gearhead kind of thing. Yep. And hockey equipment, kind of like everything. So it kind of uh, fits into what I'm interested in, and you know, like social media and uh, graphic design and stuff. I've always been like good with computers and stuff. So. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, it's all you know. It combines like all all things I'm interested in, basically. Well, that's great. It sounds like uh, sounds like you guys are doing really well. Uh, I mean, it's a tough market without a doubt, but uh, yeah, it's kind of uh, kind of in like a niche market though. There's not many yep. custom stick people, and 
what uh, kind of sells us part is our design and color options and uh, and price point too. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I know from looking at your site and everything else, and just you know from talking to you on on Twitter about things and seeing your sales and stuff that you guys put out there. In terms of the price, that's why I always joke on Twitter. Like I try to re- retweet your stuff and and let people know about No Name. I'm like I always tell the American guys that follow me, shit with the way the exchange is, you can't go wrong buying this stuff. They're like giving this stuff away. Yeah, yeah. Well, now I have a, a Canadian, like special Canadian website as well, so. With, uh, like Canadian better pricing too, so yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, it's growing everywhere. Yeah, it's uh, selling lots of the states, mostly some Canada. Uh, been some like Finland, Sweden, Belgium. Like it's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, well, that's great that you guys are are, are doing well and uh, and uh, yeah, keep keep growing and. Uh, yeah, like I said, I, I try to do my best to uh, to pump your guys' tires anyway. Yeah, let's put you on the payroll. <laughs> well, I want to say, I've sold a couple sticks for you guys. I was going to say, I, I'm waiting for that check. I I, you must have got the address wrong. The, the, yeah, the, the check's in the mail. Yeah, absolutely. We're, uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I know you're a busy dude and you got to get, uh, you got to get rolling. But uh, yeah. it, Jason, I appreciate you taking the time, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Glad we could do this. Uh, sorry it took so long, but yeah, it's been fun. Well, no, it was great. And uh, like I said, we'll uh, we'll have to get you back on. We'll get some more stories out of you when you have more time. But yeah. uh, uh, no, so I'll I'll let you go. But uh, thank you very much for uh, for your uh, appearance today. Yeah, no problem, buddy. Thank you. All right, man. Take it easy. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?